glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Put Me In Coach podcast. It's been a while. I feel like I say that every single time I hop back on the air on this particular program. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Ian Foster on the Zoom call. He is now known as Iggy Buns. Um, Iggy Buns. Iggy Buns. And we have a foursome this week. It's not the, the traditional foursome, but our good friend Cookie Bill Wallerstad has uh, deep cookie value. Has <laughs> graced us with his presence um, on this week's episode as we kind of... Uh, go back through uh, what the NFL playoffs have been leading up to, not this weekend, but next weekend's Super Bowl, um, going through with the disaster that is the Washington Wizards and uh, early uh, Washington football team offseason news. Trade rumors flying about, would you, wouldn't you, would you rather, um, and then maybe some baseball stuff at the end. Uh, so we thank you so much for joining us, especially if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts and you listen to the Put Me In Coach podcast. We appreciate you subscribing and rating. Um, how's everybody doing? Long time no talk. Hey, guys. I'm good. Long time no talk. Been forever. Cookie, how you been? I mean, I talk to these guys on a regular basis, but haven't we don't really talk to you too often. I feel like you hop on for probably, what, four or five episodes a year, a calendar year? Yeah, you know, a little guest cameo. Uh, not much for me. I'm working on my uh, – this works great for a podcast, but I'm working on my uh, Minnesota hockey high school flow. Right yeah, now. getting the lettuce going there. Yeah. It's nice lettuce. Is that stemming from all the letter Kenny you watch? <sighs> I wish. No, it's from all the <laughs> barber shops I can't go to right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lack of uh, look, look, access. To be fair, he does watch a lot of letter Kenny. That's what I thought. To you be guys fair. Were, you guys were talking about before we got on, so – um, never have I ever seen an episode. I've been told good things, but I haven't seen an episode. You should watch it. Yeah. You should watch it. You should watch it. You should watch it. All right. Into the sports. Uh, we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This will be the second Super Bowl that they have been to, right? I believe it's two because um, they beat the Raiders the first time. And then Ooh. the Kansas City third, Chiefs right? are looking to um, repeat something we haven't seen too often. So I, one of the questions I really, uh, I'm just curious because uh, protocol I find is tricky. We went as Washington fans, we went toe to toe with the now NFC representative to the Super Bowl, And it's kind of, it's, I would say normally I feel better when a team that beat us in the playoffs continues to advance. Cause that makes uh, like, okay, well this makes sense. I would say normally that's how I feel as long as it's not, the Penguins or the Eagles are, you know, one of the teams we hate with a thousand souls. Correct. Is there, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Is there a question and right right now? So, do you feel better that Tampa's <laughs> it, it? Like, is this as a Washington fan? Do you appreciate Tampa continuing to advance? Would be my question. Absolutely, and I love Heineke even more now because <laughs> he he gave them the most fits out of anybody. He really <laughs> did. Little Taylor Heineke. Heineke. And the key. Uh, I don't yes, know. Dude. For me, I, I 
I, I get, I've always understood that line of reasoning and that line of thinking, but usually when a team knocks me out of the playoffs, it doesn't matter who it is. I want you to lose immediately. I, I don't buy into the, well, at least we lost to the eventual champion, NFC champion. I don't buy that, especially a team with Tom Brady. Like, I just cannot, I'm so fucking sick of him. I cannot stand looking at his stupid face or even Bruce Arians is getting on my nerves too. And that, I know that's shitty to say, but I mean, no, fuck him. Yeah, because of what he went through. But I mean, all the, his little shitty trash talk. I, I'm just so over the Brady era. He needs to go away so quickly. So no, I I, I, I was rooting very hard against them uh, when they played the Saints. Even harder so when against the Packers because I, I wanted Aaron to beat the shit out of fucking Brady. Um, so no, I, I am not. And also, like we, it's not like we were going. I mean, yes, in game we had a chance to beat the Buccaneers, but it's not like we were going into that game thinking we would beat the Buccaneers. No, so not. it's not no, like I feel like money. <laughs> I don't feel like I was. We were. I don't feel like we were robbed. Of, no, you know, I'm because I feel like a lot of times people say like, "Man, that could have been us." That's why people kind of feel that way. I and, and I don't have that sense at all. So like, we should have lost to Tampa Bay. We did. Uh, I think they should have lost to the Saints. They didn't. They should have lost to the Packers, and they didn't. That bothers me. Yeah, as far as being annoyed by Tom Brady, I get that. That at the same time, like he has been in ten Super Bowls out of his. I mean, what, it's amazing seasons. I I'm mean, just appreciating we're, we're, the greatness at this point. Yeah, we're just witnessing history and the fact that he, because you know him and Belichick were always linked, and the the fact that he did this with without him, um, as a five C too. I mean, this was his first wild card experience i mean three straight road games yeah uh, it, it's it's incredibly impressive i yeah i mean no his legacy it's it's very impressive the 10 super bowls no one's ever done that right i mean he no. win his seventh uh ring which is crazy you know he has as many rings as some of the most historic franchises in the league have um yeah, I mean, he is—he's the goat. He's going to be the best to ever do it. Uh, but I can still be annoyed by him. <laughs> I can still want him to go away. Uh, it, it's just—and I actually feel thankful. I don't know, Ian. Maybe you um, interact with such people more than I do, but I, I'm thankful that I don't know know too many Pats fans or straight up Tom Brady fans, where I don't hear <laughs> all of the goat talk all the time. So. That definitely helps, but I mean, I've hated Tom Brady since day one. So, literally yes. since day one, uh, he never forget he fumbled. Never forget if he actually fumbled and they <laughs> called it the right way, he wouldn't be where he is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been annoyed by Tom Brady since day one. Even though he's a Michigan guy, um, please go away. Your time is up. You suck. He doesn't suck, but you know what I mean. I'm he just, doesn't suck. He doesn't suck. I was very, very angry and upset Sunday night. <laughs> I was like. I not talking to like Megan and I were at my parents for my sis, my mom's birthday and we drove home. I drove home in silence. I was like, I don't want to talk right now. I'm so <laughs> mad that fucking Tom Brady's going to another fucking Super Bowl. Especially Tom Brady in- has more, at the beginning of the season. Tom Brady has more more likely have a chance to make the Super Bowl than Steph Curry to make a three pointer in a game. It's a fifty percent, little over fifty percent, and Steph Curry is forty three percent. It's how that's even humanly possible, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. When we've witnessed one playoff win in, in 20 years. He's been in the NFC for 340 <laughs> days, whatever. <laughs> and he has, he's already surpassed us by a mile. 
<laughs> yeah, I went into that day just being, I think I was prepared and probably wasn't as angry as Bobby because I knew I wasn't going to be happy with either outcome of, of the NFC games there. It was just, I, I'm tired of the Brady stories, tired of the Aaron Rodgers stories. No one was really compelling, uh, compelling enough to overcome that, I guess I should say, on either Tampa Bay or Green Bay. I, I, I just knew I was going to be pissed off. And then, I mean, as much as I do like the Chiefs, to not have the Bills in. I just need Bills Mafia in my life. Please. See, More Bills Mafia. Yes, correct. But see, for me, it was like the I, I was so fumed about how the NFC game ended that I was so happy to just sit and watch the AFC because I truly didn't care. I mean, I think what we watched the, that Kansas City offense do is unbelievable. They're so much fun to watch, and so is Buffalo. So and talk about a, a suffering fan base. Like I would have been very happy – Either way, that game went. So I was just sitting back and enjoying it. And it was a pretty good game. I mean, Kansas City pulled away late, um, and, and Buffalo tried to make a game of it late. But, you know, I was happy just sitting back and letting those teams to do what they do. And it was a way to nice way for me to calm down after silent rage of Tom, induced by Tom Brady. What – and the, I think another thing that upset you, Bobby, was what in the hell was Matt LaFleur and the Packers doing? See, I even, I even, I didn't say anything, but I even like in my mind, like kind of was, maybe I was in shock or like try, but I was like trying to like back up uh, Matt LaFleur and I was like, no, like get points. You need points. But the more and more I thought about it, I was like, wait, what is he doing? You need a touchdown either way. Even if the three points don't really help you, you still need a touchdown. Like it would be one thing if you cut it to three, you still need a touch. So like, I was like, makes no sense. I, I mean, that and Aaron Rodgers not running on that third down play, I will never forget. There was, was a couple of them. I thought he had a better chance taking off and throwing. The, it. Even if you two, don't get in, you have fourth and goal from inside the one. And that's a no-brainer. Yeah. And the fact that he also kicked that field goal, on the, what were they, on the eight or nine-yard line yeah. um, with the MVP <clears throat> and the arguably the best receiver in football, like – who dropped a touchdown disposal. earlier in that game? Well, didn't did. they, they went to Devontae Adams on all three of those plays, right? Or am I, I think getting so, yeah. the wrong one? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I need to you know, try and jam it to him a fourth straight time on that. I might try and throw a wrinkle in the offense there. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point, too, because I think we can shit on Matt LaFleur, and he's been shit on all week long, too. But going back in the tape, like... Aaron Rodgers could have ran for it on that third down. There probably was another play he could have ran for. And I think on first down, he missed Alan Lazard wide open across the middle because he was trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams. I mean, Lazard could have just could have crawled into the end zone from where he was wide open. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers is totally, you know, clean of this of this debacle, too. He, He missed some guys. Uh, you know, I mean, just I don't know what it was. I don't know how the Packers came out so flat. You know, their first NFC Championship game at home, and who knows how long, uh, with the MVP, with the chance to knock off Tom Brady, and they just were so flat for most of that game. Balls being dropped, balls being fumbled. They were just handing the ball to him, and that's what made me even more mad. Was like, stop giving the game to yep. Tom Brady. He threw three picks in in the second half. They scored three points in the second half. You have to win that game. Oh God, I was so annoying. One one bullet we did dodge, and and one probably the earliest point where I just start well not the earliest point but pretty pretty late in the game where they had that long completion to uh, whoever it was they, where they got down like the thirty or forty, and the next play Rodgers took a shot at the end zone, and it was like there's a minute 
there might have been two minutes still left on the clock. It might have been the first play before the two minute warning. And it was like, this makes no sense. Like, I feel like most coaches, Belichick is maybe the only one with Brady who had the forethought for years now to say, we're going to have the ball last and we're going to score. Mm-hmm. We don't need to take this shot. We just got, you know, we just got all the way over here. Like we can take shots at the, from here, from the end zone for the rest of the game if we want, but let's run it into the line three straight times and, and kill this clock. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make sense. Cause even if they had scored on that, that first, the, the second pass there, you hand the ball back to Brady and, and that you still need that two point conversion, right? Cause they were yeah. down eight then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you tied the game or are still down one. And Brady can just go the length of the field. And how miserable would that have been? That would have been terrible. Brady go two-minute drill to win the game. I would have disliked that even more. But like I said, though, the Packers' defense was playing well in the second half. I mean, a takeaway – because remember, Porter has entered the chat. Uh, Remember, they started the second half fumbling the ball, and Tampa Bay returned it like inside the 10, and the next play was a touchdown to Mike Evans. Um, no, Cameron Bright, excuse me. And then they the Bucks only scored a field goal the rest of the second half. So like, it's not it? like they were just rolling over the Packers' defense at that point. So I would take my defense in that instance. But yeah, you're right. Watching Brady, if he had done that, that would almost well, so would have again, been worse. Though, if, if they had been scoring to go up, yes, you're you're betting on your defense. But it's a tie game. Like, right. You're, you're giving them the ball with a tie and game. And he only needs you're, a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, we didn't mention Kevin King, what he did at the end of the first half, his one job. That was a Washington football of old-esque sequence to end end the first half and then begin the second half. There were four seconds left. What what are you doing? You just keep him in front of you. (laughs) And they were out of timeouts. If he catches the ball, great. You put him on the ground and the half's over. You just don't want him to get in one spot. Who was it? Was it a? You had one job, Tom. Was it you that sent it? Was it um, not RG three? That was like Greg Williams says, nice. Oh, that's oh, I sent that. Oh, you sent it. So fucking funny. (laughs) I mean, but the thing is, like the Greg Williams call for the Jets, that's more defensible. Like, yeah, you're kind of trying to lose. Like, let's just blitz the house this whole time and get this draft pick. Because guess what? They don't have the number one pick anymore. Like, this is the playoffs. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. much, much higher stakes. Yeah, that's true. Ugh. Indefensible. It, it really is. I And Aaron Rodgers had a lot of things to say after that game. He is pissed. I mean, I know they spent a first-round pick on Jordan Love. I mean, I, I, I would have to imagine the Packers will find a way to keep the most likely league MVP. But, um Man, what a disaster. And it's it's also a really dis- a disservice, I feel like, to the NFL that Aaron Rodgers has only been in one Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, and thank God he won that one, but yeah. And, and I mean, what were the numbers? Like, Brady has, you know, he now has as many NFC Championship game wins as, Bra- as, uh, as Breeze, Rodgers. Um, maybe there's just those. those maybe. No, Eli has two. Eli won two Super Bowls. NFC, just NFC. Mm. Uh, but and then also now has, you know, I think those guys can, but like Rogers, Breeze, uh, uh, Russ, like all of their Super Bowl appearances combined are like half of Brady's. So fucking annoying. <laughs> That's what I thought you were doing, combining them. 
are Patriots fans annoyed? Or like they rooting for they him? They fucking like, better not be. They have six championships because of that guy. <laughs> Pretty sure Kevin's Kevin's just rooting for Tom. He doesn't really care either way though. I see a lot of Patriots. I maybe not a lot, but I've seen a Patriots fan call for Belichick to be fired. <laughs> and because he says it's it was all Tom Brady. That is so asinine. He went eleven and five with Matt Castle. Yeah, and he got Jimmy Gar- like he got a first rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo. How many games did they win this year with Cam Newton, who Jimmy. could only throw to one side of the field? <laughs> I think seven. They were still in it, like heading into week yeah. sixteen. Yeah, like six or seven games with a guy who literally couldn't throw the ball to half the field. Seven and nine. You mean our future starting quarterback, week one? Please no. <laughs> Cam Newton. Oh God. As long as quarters are fullback, I'm good with it. I, I think we'll never know the answer. Like real I mean, I know we'll I mean it's like it's gonna be debated forever. I don't think we'll ever know the actual answer of who's gonna be better, Brady or Belichick on their own. Because one, Brady is never gonna go to a team where he doesn't have help. He's always gonna if for as long as he plays, he's always gonna go to a Tampa Bay-like team where he has weapons galore, an offensive-minded coach, and a good defense behind him where he doesn't have to do too much. Um, and I think Belichick, he'll always have be defensive-minded and have strong, and he'll always have a strong offensive coordinator. But, you know, obviously you get one Tom Brady once every millennium. So I just don't think the people who are saying, well, who's going to be better on their own, Brady or Belichick? I don't think we'll ever really know because Brady's never going to have to do, for the rest of his career, is never going to have to do as much as he did in New England. Because he's just not going to put himself in that situation. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of the frustrating part of him. I mean, yes, we have to call him the GOAT, I guess. But like, it seems like he's always gotten every break in his career. He's always had the pieces around him. Or at least when he succeeded. There's been like the years where he put up the huge numbers were the years they didn't win it. Like years where he was, seemed to be doing it all himself for the years that they didn't actually get it done. And that's what's frustrating is like, God, he always seems to like, you want to say like he luck boxed his way into it somehow. And yeah, he really didn't. I mean, he was smart. He made the right choices playing for less money, probably being the biggest one. Yep. Paying yourself less means you have more people around you who can contribute. And also being in a terrible, shitty, awful AFC East your entire career. It's like you had a first round four and a half, four and a half free wins. Yeah. It helps to have Giselle, so you can take less money. That too. And his Wheaties and all Luck his other. Luck boxes way into that one too, you son of a bitch. All his other sponsors that he has. I mean, his Ugg boots. By far, the amount of money that he makes in the football is the least. Yeah, he doesn't care. Huh. He has three well, league MVPs. Fun eh? coupons. These are fun coupons. <laughs> he has three. M- I don't know. They still make those. To uh, I almost spill water all over my monitors. <laughs> to Cookie's point, Brady has three league MVPs, and those are all three years that the Patriots did not win the Super Bowl. So he sucks. <laughs> I'm sure he's terrible. <laughs> um, speaking of someone else that sucks, um, Pat, Pat Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs advance again. You know this is weird. I mean, it, it's uh, if we're looking at looking at this locally, like the Eagles fired Andy Reid. And they have now on their third head coach since they fired him. And Andy Reid now might be on the precipice of earning his 
second Super Bowl title um, as a head coach. Do it. Um, this would be, you know, I mean, as much dominance as we've seen with the Patriots, they've only re- been repeat champions once. Mm-hmm. And that was in the first part when they beat the, um, where'd it go? The 0304? Yeah, 03, the Panthers, and then they beat the Eagles. And then prior to that, it was John Elway's uh, final two years in Denver with the Broncos. So we actually haven't seen something like this. And, you know, I think the Chiefs might be the best team out of those three that I just mentioned. I mean, they are a freaking machine. And um, they're just playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers, it feels like. I mean, to be I, to be fair, I mean, it's just it's a completely different style of football. Like, they would run circles around those two teams, no matter how good those defenses are. I mean, it's just... You know, those were both of those back to back mini dynasties were run first, past second teams, and this team would run circles around. So it's just they are by far the best team of, you know, if you're talking about the early 2000s Patriots and the late 90s Broncos, like they would absolutely destroy them. In the last 26 games that they've tried to win, they've won 25 of them. That's that's ridiculous. And easily a lot of times. Yeah, and, like and Buffalo Bills are a good football team, and they and they stood no chance. I, I think there was some crazy stat that uh, Pat Mahomes hasn't won uh, by single digits since college, <laughs> or something. I mean, he's lost well, obviously, but all of his victories are by like maybe it's not single digits, maybe it's like a possession, more than a possession. Yeah, because I mean, even when they played Tampa, it was twenty-seven, twenty-four this year. Okay, but. All right, but like, yeah. So I mean, it's just crazy. They, they blow teams out of the water. If if they're close, that's the only times they lose. But when they win, they win by a lot. <laughs> it, it's it's unreal. And I mean, we talked about witness history with Tom Brady. I think like we're witnessing history with the Chiefs, and they're really obviously set up in the immediacy. But I mean, they have Pat Mahomes locked up long term. They have you know their star players. They're going to be there for a while. Andy Reid. Uh, looks like he's going to be able to hold on to Eric enemy for another year. And ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Is that? Well, that makes, that makes a little bit of sense. I was reading some rumor that someone was thinking that Andy Reid is, you know, a year or two, possibly even this year, if they win it away from retiring. And like, if you're Bienemy, do you want to go take a, you know, crappy losing team's job or do you want to hold on for a couple more years? And then, Oh, I have Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, yeah. Yeah, everybody else. Like, yeah, no, I think I'll stick around. I mean, as long as the money's good or good enough. Like, But he interviewed with the Texans, though, right? He had six interviews. Yeah, yeah but I mean, so even like, the Texans, so like, that's not a good situation. You know, no, but Sean he's, but he's shopping. I, is it, I don't know this. I don't know this process well enough. Maybe, Tom, maybe you do, mm-hmm. but... Is it as simple as, hey, I'm still in the playoffs. I'm not going to make this decision just yet. And the other teams are like, all right, well, we need to make, we want to make the decision now, so we're not going to wait for you. Or is it actually because he's black? I think it's a little bit of both. Because yeah. I would totally understand if it's like, hey, look, I'm not going to. I mean, we see it in all the time. Coaches be like, I'm. I mean, in baseball too, it's like I'm not going to make an announcement yet or commit to you because I'm still trying to win a championship with my current team. And the other team say, that's fine, but we want to make a choice now so we can get a move on and get ready for the draft and the next calendar year, whatever. So we're going to make a hiring now. 
Is it could it be as simple as that, or am I being too optimistic that uh, that the NFL isn't as racist as it well, seems? Didn't they didn't they hire Josh McDaniels, the Colts? Didn't they hire him when they were still in the playoffs? It's happened before. There's definitely a precedent, but yeah. you no, know, maybe definitely Eric case by case. But what if Eric is just like, yeah, I'm not doing this right now, and the other teams are like, all right, well then we're not waiting for you. But but that's what I'm saying. Then he wouldn't have taken the interviews. Right, that's true. So he he's, he wants the job. Either he's that, not, or he's he just, does not fucking get it. Or he's a terrible interview. I mean, I, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what because, that like be. the the Texas job, for example, they just gave that job to a minority too. So, I, who did end up hiring them? The Ravens receivers coach, or like ass- co- offensive assistant? He like he, he wasn't even assistant to the assistant or something like that. I never heard of that over Eric B. Enemy. What the fuck? I mean, I think that's some the, the mistake that a lot of teams make of just to your point, Bobby, of, we got to have a guy now because we need these extra two weeks or whatever to prepare for the draft. And it's just like that's so short sighted, like getting yes. a good coach makes it's, it's better in most cases to have a great coach than even to have a great quarterback. Right. Like great coaches, you can have a 15, 20 year career easily where you're making a huge impact on that franchise. I mean, Belichick's going to outlast Brady easily. In, in, I mean, he already has clearly, but in, in New England, like why would you jump the gun because you you need a guy now, even even if he's 1% not as good as the guy you want, like those two weeks in the grand scheme of what you're hoping for, what you're picking a coach to do are just so dumb. Yeah. Correct. Patience is not exercise in the NFL. But I just, I just don't understand that. I, I mean, who did the Eagles hire? Eagles hired the assistant to the guy that they let walk. Correct. <laughs> who was the whole reason that they won a Super Bowl? That's like, I mean, the other, uh, well, yeah. So, like, if they would have hired Eric Bieniemy, it would have been the same thing. Like, you just hired Andy Reid's assistant, who you fired ten years ago. <laughs> Whatever it was. It's just hard to believe that if Eric Bieniemy was a young white guy with this success that he's had with Patrick Mahomes, that he wouldn't have gotten snatched up immediately by multiple teams. Yeah, like if he was McVay. Oh, proven. Like May, McVay did half, not even, of what Eric Bieniemy has done. Not even a quarter. We were in we DC with Kirk record. Cousins, and he got the LA job in a, in a heartbeat. There, there's got to be something else, more to this, more context to this as to why he is not a, a soon-to-be NFL head coach. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, plausibly, I, I would agree with what Bill said that, like, if he is the coach in waiting for Andy Reid, that's a fantastic gig. That that would be unreal. I could, I could wait a year or two, no problem. I mean, yeah, is that that could be. You're saying that, like, what if Andy Reid's like, hey, look, I only got, like, a handful of years left in me. Stay here, and then you'll be the heir apparent, and you'll be Pat Mahomes, his head coach, for the last 10 years of his unbelievable contract. Yeah. I mean, that's – but then again, why would he be – then why would he be interviewing? Yeah. The, NFL does, the NFL doesn't des- deserve the benefit of the doubt in that regard. No, that absolutely probably. not. And mm-hmm. I was being way too optimistic, thinking, like, well, maybe it's not that bad, but it's probably that bad. Well, I mean, he can still be interviewing to get himself a raise from the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can say, hey, look, all these people want me. I'd like to stay around, but, you know, got to give me some money to stay. That's a good point. Did that. All right. So we have our pick'em results. Also, one thing, like, why? 
I mean, I, and if it came down to, all right, you can either be the head coach of the Texans or the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. What you taking? I mean, the I Chiefs. know, I know the money's probably better in Houston, but I'm taking the Chiefs. Like, what? I'm winning championships every year. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. need your shitty caps room and the Deshaun no Watson picks. no no draft picks. Deshaun Watson saga. I don't need any of that shit. I'm gonna win championships. Am I and good? Notably racist owner. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, it's right. okay. No, I, I I agree. I agree with all of that. Um, it almost feels like the the poor guy that was hired to be the Texans head coach. I mean, he's whoever's there is just dead man walking. Man. They're screwed. I mean, maybe they get a ransom for uh, the Sean. Which we will get to. All right. So we do have our pick em results. All well, right. Not final so, results. We still have one game left. Still have one game left. Um, so I'm assuming you and Healy are close to each other. Fuck. Last week, Tom, Bobby, Porter, Daniela, Emily. We don't have to talk about last week. <laughs> I'll pick the Chiefs. Um, none of us picked the Bucks to win. There was not an island for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know why I didn't do what I did the week before. I was not thinking. I was still hungover from talking to Porter too too late in the night. I should <laughs> have blame me. I should have picked the Bucks but rooted against them. So I'm a win-win either way. There you go. So here are the cumulative standings, and congratulations to our own Ian Foster. Oh, First yeah. place, one eighty-six again. Virginia's doing great. Well, you picked the Super Bowl, right? We can say you murdered this pick <laughs> Um Second place. Second place, Tom, 182. Third place, Healy, 181. Fourth place, Bobby, 180. Oh, <laughs> shit. Here we go. Comes down to the big game Where? for the tie. <laughs> Fifth place, we, we got Cookie, 178. Storming comes from that one. We got Porter, 177. After that, we got Daniela, 174. Followed by that is Umo, 172. Emily has 146. She started later. So, this was the most amount of people we had for Pick'em. It was the most amount of fun we've had for Pick'em. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was good. So, with all of that in mind, I know we're not going in our usual order, but we do have Super Bowl 55 to predict. And let's pull up the uh... – so, for the first time in Super Bowl history, we actually have the host city as the same home team, which – not necessarily means anything now because there's not going to be any fans there, but still an annoying storyline with fucking Brady. <laughs> it is. How much are we going to talk about Tom Brady is the only quarterback to play in his hometown and over the home Super Bowl? Shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter. It's not even his hometown. He lives in Derek Jeter's house. <laughs> doesn't even go here. <laughs> so right now, this spread is closer than I would have anticipated. The Chiefs are favored by three. I see the over-under set at 56 and a half. I mean, the first game was 27-24, so don't mm-hmm. – and that was, what, week 12? Yeah. And the and Packers the, and are the, only favored by three. And the Bucks are hot. 
And the Bucks are playing a lot better now than they were then. Son of a bitch. Bobby, you know what you have to do. I, I, I'm going to do, do it. But you have the power to do it. I, I do. I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Who, who's starting? Um, well, Ian, it should be you, my friend. The king. The <laughs> king picks the Chiefs. And let's we, go with... Yep, the score. Let's go with 30... Mm, 35. Ah, do they cover? Shit. 35 28. Chiefs cover. All right. Ian, I, I would agree that I think Kansas City's going to win. They're just flat out the better team. Their offense is just too much. I don't know how you're going to be able to contain Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And if not, they'll find other creative ways to get people. Nicole Hart. Yeah, it's um, – is there a way that Tampa could win this? Casey, you got to get after Mahomes. Get, yeah, get after Mahomes. And is, Mahomes didn't look great health-wise in the AFC Championship game. Hmm. But two weeks off now to rest, I mean, that'll help. Get after Mahomes. That, I mean, that D-line, which is also so annoying because – uh, who, who the fuck cares about Jason Pierre-Paul anymore and his eight and a half fingers and an Indomitian Sue who's just stomping on people's ankles and just a piece of shit. Oh my god, so annoying. Yeah. I've been this annoyed by the Bucks since two thousand two. Since Mike Allstad. Oh god, that was a. He was down. He was always down. He was down. <laughs> the elbow was clear. Whatever. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to go Chiefs win 34 to 23. I, I really the only way I could see Tampa winning this game is if they can really go shot for shot with with Kansas City. Uh, I mean, and they have they certainly the have firepower to do it. So they're so good, you know. But Bobby, I, I will say I don't share the same sentiment towards Tom Brady that like you. I mean, I I don't really hate a guy we only have to play once every four years. Yeah. So, like, from a Washington standpoint, yeah, there's nothing to reason. Hey, we, what I think this was only like the fifth time we've ever played him. Yeah. So it's like, Uh, but it's it's more so just stemming from Boston and Patriots fans who want to shut the fuck up, and now him just now it's just he's just annoying. He's so annoying. All right. And I'm also like I was always Manning over Brady. I was always a Manning guy over Brady. If this is Peyton Manning going for his seventh Super Bowl. I think I'd be all in on Peyton Manning doing it. Or Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's just, I don't know what, it, he just bugs me. He just bugs the crap out of me. But if he does pull it off, I, he's, already the go, he's already the go to I football. would never, ever deny then that. Is he, then he, you got to make the argument, is he the best of any sport? No, but he has to be. I, I, people were getting butthurt that someone brought that up the other day. He has to be. It's he a team. Be, right? It's a team sport, yes, but seven Super Bowls—that's insane. Insane. Oscar Robertson might want to have a word with you on that. <laughs> That's true. There you go. No, I'm still taking Brady over Oscar any day. All right, I'm going. Yep, yeah, I'm. So I'm going Chiefs 34-23. Bobby, what you got? For the record, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to whisper <laughs> this too because I think Megan. She says I'm loud. So I don't want her to hear me, um, and she never listens anymore. Anyways, 
I for the record, I think the Chiefs <laughs> will win, but I am picking the Bucks for two reasons. One, if they win, I'm going to cheer for the Chiefs. So if I cheer for the Chiefs and the Chiefs win, I'll be happy. But if the Bucks win, that means I'll be right. And two, I'm assuming Megan's going to pick the Chiefs. So this is strategic to catch her and tie her so I don't lose to her in her only two years. Pick them. <laughs> so I'm going Bucks 33 Chiefs 29. All right. Yeah. Cookie, what you got for us? Go I don't know. You know what? I I'm just gonna pick what I want to see. Give me like Chiefs forty two, Tampa Bay. I don't know, seventeen. I just want to drop it. I'm gonna follow in Cookie's lead there. That's exactly what I want to see in this Super Bowl. Is just I don't know. I don't want I don't want Brady's career to end. But I want to see him on the ground. Keep going. I don't want to. Yeah, I want him knocked down a couple times. Like not like Brady always gets tackled in like the most lame way possible because it's Brady. You know, nobody wants to hurt him. Nobody wants like the the backlash of that. So it's always like these like nudges, and he just falls so awkwardly, and his legs flip over his back. I want to see that over and over again. Yeah, seeing him, seeing him actually get tackled would be nice. I mean, the problem. I'll give, though, him, I'll give him credit on that. That's one of his best talents. Is when he when he knows the rush is coming and someone's unblocked, he just gets down. He doesn't yeah. take those hits. Yeah. The problem though, Porter, is that when he gets hit, he's get he gets flags called, and that's just free yardage for him. Yeah. That's why people don't do it. Did you see in that in the game the interception that Darnell Savage he had turp. Forced. I am a turp. Brady like threw himself backwards and threw the ball in the air like he was getting murdered and Savage didn't even <laughs> touch him. <laughs> yes. He literally didn't touch him. I was like, fuck you, dude. Also, we didn't even talk about how much holding the Buccaneers were doing all game long and then oh, course, all game. of course the one time the, bu- the Packers do it, they call it. That was pretty rough. It was holding, granted, but they were doing it all game all long. Ways. Call it both It's going to be consistent. I yeah, mean, yeah, but that that one that Bunting had against Aaron Rodgers, that, I mean, he clearly held him and then made the play on the ball. Great play on the ball, by the way. But yeah, clearly a hold. Is that twenty three? He's twenty three. He was holding. Like, so there was the first, the first interception. Twenty three on the Bucks. I, they showed him holding like five different times, and it was just like even Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were just like, I mean, that's clearly holding. You've got to go. Yeah. Well, so I don't even begrudge him for that necessarily. Like you, you you always adjust in games the way refs are calling things, but then for the refs to change it <laughs> when it matters. So I'm saying Correct. he got the call and Aaron Rodgers did. Yeah. yeah. And of course it was the game deciding play. It's like an ump. If your strike zone is there the whole the whole game, that's 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 fine. Yeah. But if then in the bottom of the ninth you're gonna switch it up on it, that's that doesn't work like that. No. Nope. Aaron Rodgers has every right to be pissed for so many different reasons. Um, all right. So um, we got one game left in the football. I'm actually uh, start percolating with some more uh, Jeopardy uh, uh, topics. Yes, I was wondering about that. Working on those. Um, so we did want to move on to the hardwood. Because we don't want to talk about basketball. <laughs> What's that? We'd rather do Jeopardy than talk about the Wizards. <laughs> or the Terps no. for that matter. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, 
I I put in all caps the Wiz suck. Um, it's so bad. I Ian, think I the five of us could score a hundred points versus the, the Wiz. Then yes. I, seriously. Just give the ball to Porter. Brick Greg coming down. <laughs> Ian, uh, I, I congratulated you on winning Pick'em. And I know there's something that you wish you were not right on, but when this trade happened, Live said, if I can, from what I remember, this is going to disrupt team chemistry. Yep. We have, we score enough. We have enough off. We don't need someone that takes the ball out of his hands and takes our horrible shots that takes momentum away and runs and turns the ball over instantly. Everything that you were worried about that we talked about came to fruition already. And we're the worst team in basketball. The the worst. I want it to be so wrong, but it's unreal how it's, it's worse, even worse than I thought it was going to be. It is so bad. <laughs> I thought we'd we at least be three, around 500. We have, we have three wins. <laughs> three wins. And how many of those are when Russ wasn't playing? One or two? Uh, like, you'll give me a second to check. He's so bad. Like it, he's, It's awful. He's horrible for this team. He's horrible for this team. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. John is a facilitator first. I, I will give Russ that he is by far our best rebounder, which I hate. Uh, your point guard should not be your best rebounder. No, but his his shot selection kills me. His fucking turnovers first stat filler. He's not a team guy. Never has been. I miss John, and I'm so happy that John whooped us. So yeah, let's let's talk about that game. Because Made money that off was, that game. Thank you, thank you, John. That was um, it was infuriating just because. Like everything we were worried about, everything our complaints, and then it kept coming to fruition. And he had a motivated John Wall, and he was so much better than Russell. I mean, it wasn't even in the same sentence. And Not even close. the two of them chirping back and forth. And I just watching Brad, who clearly has a really good relationship with John out, outside of basketball. And mm-hmm. like, I, I'm just, I'm looking at him and, buddy, get out of here. Like, I mean, he's he's going to request a trade. It's it's inevitable now. It's not. And, and the yeah. thing is, like, I'm going to miss him so much, but he deserves it. He deserves so much better. <laughs> like, he's now lost ten straight games when scoring over forty points because you're on the fucking leading Wizards. the league in, in scoring average right now by a long margin. It's unreal. Thirty-five point four. He's playing at such a high clip right now. He can create his own. He can create his own shot. He's playing a little bit of defense, whatever, but. He's not just a spot-up shooter. He, yeah. he has it all. Yeah, and this is just – for everything good that we said about Tommy Shepard last year, he just completely null and voided all of that. I swear, and, you just take off his fucking head as the Scooby-Doo where fucking Ernie Grunfeld is under there. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers thought. And, and you know, our, I feel like our point as John Walt supporters, like, we 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 know that he was damaged goods. We understand that he had maybe the worst contract in basketball. That's not something we debated. But we waited two years for this to happen. Correct. Like just let's see it through. I mean, we we got a, a lot of pieces in the place. We just paid eighty million dollars to Bertans to to be open from the outside with a a, a pass first point guard. I mean, it just it made basketball sense to me, and I, I feel like. I don't know what this trade was, but I mean, it was 
Oh, I mean, we've seen some bad trades as Wizards fans. Like, we've seen Rip Hamilton get traded away. Rasheed Wallace, we saw Chris Webber get traded for Mitch Richmond. But good God, like, what are we doing? For the record, Ian was correct. Uh, Russ has sat out out of two of the Wizards' three wins. <sighs> Can I just play one, one game with Russell Westbrook? Can I just play devil's advocate? I, I totally agree, by the way. I just wanted to kind of add to the conversation and have you guys keep going. Um, this team is without Rui. Yep. Thomas Bryant's out for the season. Denny's out. Bertans is out. They're missing at least five regular guys. Yep. So yep. it's Brad and sometimes Russ playing with fucking Alex Len and backup, you know, G Leaguers. Like who actually looks pretty good, by the way. He a turtle. I mean, we need him. <laughs> we do need I was him. actually I am a turtle. As soon as I saw that the Raptors waved him, I was like, go get Alex Len. Why not? Like, yes, yes, please. And he's actually played yeah, I agree. He's played solid. But like my the point is that it's Brad and Russ playing with backups. So, like, yeah. you know, as much as Bradley Peel wants to, I mean, they're just not going to win. Not to mention, also, they've been playing good teams. Like, the losses that they've had, um, is this right? They, you know, they lost to the Spurs, well coached. The Rockets, obviously, with John Wall and um, Victor Oladipo. Uh, the Pelicans, uh, Zion went off against us. So, um, and then also, not to mention, they had one, two, three, four, five, six games straight postponed. So they were off for two weeks, pretty much. Um, is there well, any let's, let's credit? Let's not give them. Let's not let them off the hook for that. They did that because they got COVID. I mean, well, come right. On. But I'm I'm saying, like in terms of basketball, they weren't playing regularly. So is there any sense to give them semi a break, any slack in that on that front? For record, yeah. record wise, yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give some leeway, but the whole rest of just watching eyeball test alone, eyeball test without the record is just not good. Yeah, and I mean, they're by the time if all these players get healthy and are ready to play, we we've dug ourselves too big of a hole because like let's look, so we're th- we have the worst record in the NBA right now, right? Um, and we're I'm just looking at the Eastern Conference with all of our ducks in a row. Are we better than Philly? No, God no. Are we better than Milwaukee? Nope, hard no. Are we better than Why are the we Pacers? starting at the top? I would start, <laughs> I would start at the bottom. Yeah, hold on. Let's start. Skip, skip Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana, Brooklyn, and Boston. Start with Cleveland at six. <laughs> uh, are we better than the Knicks? Are we better than the Knicks? Oh. Jesus, the Knicks are the eighth best team in the Eastern Conference right now. What is happening to the NBA? I don't know. We we could we could not beat them in a seven game series right now. Mm-mm. No, oh, so, that's so disheartening. So, and I know I'm always harping on like, look, if if we're gonna suck, let's really really suck. Mm-hmm. You mean that philosophically? Suck. You mean that in general? Or, suck, or, and, suck. Sorry. So, right off the bat, and Space I know balls. I know Bobby yep, has been saying this for. Bobby, I think you said this last year a few times. Scott Brooks has got to go like now. Yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I think I was actually a Scotty Brooks guy, but I, I think my my probable point was I don't know how you can be this bad and still justify keeping your head coach. 
yeah. Scott Brooks, especially coming into this year, his whole his whole upside was that he had coached Russell Westbrook before. He's coached, he's handled, uh, you know, egos like this before and has handled a lot of teams with a lot of talent and, and won from them. Well, they're 3-11. Obviously, Russ Westbrook has sat out a bunch and they're missing a bunch of stars, but you're still 3-11. I mean, yeah. what's the old adage? Like, you are what your record says you are. You're, mm-hmm. a, you're the worst team in the NBA. Um, and you've got the best scorer and supposedly, you know, a top three point guard, former MVP and Russell Westbrook, you should be in a, I mean, albeit semi-improved Eastern Conference, but still does not compare to the Western Conference. You should be a playoff team. And, you know, they're on pe- on track to win, like, what? Maybe 20 games? Maybe. Not even. Right. Actually, it's a, it's a shortened season, so probably closer to 15. So, okay. And Ian, Bobby, Bill, you guys are basketball fans. You've played it your whole lives. One thing that what frustrates me about Scott Brooks are two things. One, he does not know how what to do with rotations. He just can't figure it out. And and two is, do they even practice? Do they do anything kind of defense strategy? I don't see any anything. <laughs> Tom, I was watching the game when they played the Rockets because they were playing the Rockets and they're playing John Wall. Um, yep. And I don't know how you do that. I didn't. I know. I that was on both accounts too. It wasn't just the Wizards playing shitty and the Rockets were playing great. The Rockets were pretty bad too, and yeah. I know that's a small sample size. And I know that it's a very mediocre team in the Rockets who aren't in the playoffs in the Eastern on the Western Conference and the worst in the NBA right now in the Wizards. But it was so sloppy, both on the offensive side and the defensive side for both teams. I was like, how could anyone sit here and watch this and think it's basketball? It's I, I can't watch the NBA. Watching the Terps is no better, but also I can give the Terps the a pass because they had, this is the worst talented team they've had in probably fifteen years. But I mean, it was it was horrible. I was like I was playing Switch instead of watching the game. I was just listening to it. Every time I heard John Wall's name, I would look up. I mean, I just couldn't watch. It was it, it's bad. And I know that's not a an, a, a, an example of the entire NBA. I mean, I know you guys enjoy watching like Utah, Denver, uh, Luca, Utah. Uh, the Lakers, even with the, I mean, uh, you know, the Bucks when Giannis is hot. I mean, even the Celtics. I mean, we hate the Celtics, but Brad Stevens is probably one of the best coaches in the NBA. So it's yeah. not league wide, but it is sometimes very brutal to watch the NBA, especially when your team is the worst in the league. <laughs> And I told Tom um, when he asked me to come on, <laughs> I was like, listen, if we're talking Wizards, that's fine. I haven't watched a game this year. <laughs> I I am of or was even going into it of the same opinion of the trade uh, uh, as Ian. I mean, I, I've hated Russ forever. Uh, he's exactly the type of player that, speaking of playing basketball, that you'd love to see playing pickup on the other team because you know he's just all about himself. Yes. <laughs> and if you're, you know, you can definitely scheme around beating him as everybody does now. And it's just like, I, I'm not going to, I mean, granted time has been a factor as well, but like, I'm, I'm not going to sit myself down and watch a Wizards game. If, even if they succeed, it's probably because Russ goes nuts and has a 50 point triple double. And I'm going to have to deal with that. Like, I don't, wanna, I don't see that. So I, I will a hundred percent watch more jazz games or just random NBA West coast, weird Portland nights. Than the Wizards this year. 
get get you all the Joker. Yes. If I want to enjoy like the quality of basketball, I like I watch another team like Denver and stuff like that. Even the Heat, I, Utah, I like watching. Ian, Utah's won ten straight. Donovan, I, I love them. You go there. That team play like a team. It's really fun to watch. I will watch more. I'll tune in to Lou Dort this year more than I will tune into the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Dort, new, new band name called it. Basketball is probably my favorite sport to play, maybe second to watch the football. But I will watch the Capitals over the Wizards every single night and twice on Sunday. I mean, it's just. Oh, that's a no brainer for me, too. I mean, and I'm a ba- I'm basketball. I love yeah. Football. I mean, I, I would prefer to watch basketball. But the Capitals are a good product, and the Wizards are not. And that's the whole same kind of, owner. How does that even happen? I just because he's a hockey owner. He's not a basketball owner. He he's not. He's, he doesn't know what he's doing. And this kind of he doesn't give a shit about the Wizards. This is the complete opposite of what we said when this trade happened, heading into the season. Like, hey, if anything, it makes the Wizards more watchable, more entertaining. Uh, it'll yeah. it'll bring in younger fans because it's a all star and former MVP and a face of the league. Yeah. And he's probably the main reason we're three and 11. It's the complete opposite of, I mean, no, I mean, the Rockets are, the Rockets are eight and nine with John wall. I would say we would at least have five or six wins with John wall at this point, even with the injuries. So to your point on Leonsis being a, clearly a hockey owner, I, I mean, that, that, that's how it's bearing out. Maybe he's just a good businessman. Like, the Caps draw fans, and that's why they're successful, profitable, whatever you want to call it. The Wiz don't really need to get fans because everybody's going to come to the games to see LeBron, see Steph Curry, see Giannis. Like, <laughs> when was the last time the Wizards fans were packing the arena and it was all Wizards? Gilbert. Like, In a non-playoff Gilbert. game? Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. That's just the nature of you know having a transient city and a star-driven league that you know we haven't had a star in forever. Like, you don't you don't need to do that to have a successful basketball franchise isn't it you just but you just don't need to put on a good good product because we weren't doing that before Ovi came to dc and you know we have such a good product as a hockey team that but that's my point like the hockey team has fans show up now because of Ovi because they're putting out a good product people weren't showing up to caps games before no no but also i mean to that point too like the two most successful teams 2020 season aside in a, in town are the Capitals and the Nationals. What do those both have? Both GMs that are allowed to Just do disrespect the defenders like that? <laughs> better not. Once they come back, they'll be in the correct. But they both have GMs that are allowed to do baseball and hockey things. Up until what we thought was last year with Tommy Shepard, the Wizards didn't have a GM that we trusted to do basketball things. And uh, now we don't trust him either to do it either. So Ted Leone says, okay, we can, I can say he's a great hockey owner, but yeah, maybe Cookie's right. He's just a good businessman, and he hires the right GMs. He's like, you handle that. I mean, also, what, what do both teams have? Farm-grown talent. You know, the Capitals have built through the Hershey farm system. The Nationals, I mean, they're the worst friend, uh, farm system right now, but they, in the past, have built through the farm system and have young prospects. So... I know it's different in basketball in the NBA, and they're trying to make the G League kind of like that. But it's just apples and oranges when you're comparing, you know, Mike Rizzo to Tommy Shepard. Yep. And then that's what they need. They need someone to head up the basketball operations that they can trust to make smart decisions and draft well 
and develop well and, and churn in stars year and year. Yeah, maybe every once in a while you have to trade for a star to be that next guy or to add that next piece to take you to the top. But they're so far from that right now. I mean, we thought yeah, we were so, skipping the year, the uh, a year in the rebuild, and we might be going two years back. You know, the the thing is, I we have to trade Beal, right? I mean, he he's gonna he's not going to resign, and if he's not going to resign, and we're already the worst team in the league with him, then you might as well get as much a return on him as you can, which is a lot of draft picks and you know young controllable talent. I Drew and it's so. Yeah, it is so frustrating because, like, we had two of the best players to ever put on a Wizards slash Bullets uniform in our lifetime, and John Wall and Bradley Beal for nothing. Uh, it, you know, for for winning a playoff series once a year, like, and we just wasted yeah, their their prime, their peak, their potential because we had such an inept front office and you know shitty coaching. And it's you know, there's a reason why the Wizards have been the stepchild of this city as a, from a professional standpoint for a reason. We've just never been treated with the same level of care that the others have. And this city wants to be a basketball town. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, locally, we just think about the history with high school and the colleges around here. I mean, it's, it's sad that it's never been able to translate to the NBA, but um, I mean, if I'm Brad, I mean, I'm going into Ted's office tomorrow and be like, get me out of here. I'm done. I mean, look at his body language. He wants out. Like, and I don't blame him. I, I, I don't, don't blame him one bit. And I'm a root for him wherever he goes. Just like John. Just like John. God damn it, Ernie. What if he goes to the Celtics? Still rooting for him? No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to think about it? <laughs> I was hoping somebody wasn't going to ask that. Just a little bit. <laughs> I would root for more. Mm, what is that, is that true? Where would you root for more, Boston or Philly? Boston. I'm fine with Philly. I don't care. I'm going that. Philly, actually. The place I'd hate to see him is either Boston or the Lakers. That would be just miserable. Oh, my God. If the, he not, not that either of those are likely trade candidates, but I just yeah. I don't. I don't need the rich getting richer. I, I saw a couple where he could we could trade him to Golden State and get one of their younger guys, and they have the Timberwolves pick. So Ooh. that would make sense to pair him up with, um, you know, Steph and Clay Thompson in the future. Timberwolves um, are the second worst team a, in the NBA. So saw a package with the Miami Heat with Tyler Hero and their draft picks and a couple of other young guys. They do really well down there. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero on or off the court. There. <laughs> they have both. <laughs> Tyler Hero, DC will love Tyler Hero. A hundred percent. All right. So um, I did want to get on back in the football, go to the Washington football team news. Um, That's right, Porter. We haven't even started football. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> Approaching the, the hour mark. I want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> I'm just watching videos on how to, you know, prepare and seal wood. I knew it was wood. I was going to make a joke. I was like, oh, you're building a table or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm building a new work desk, and I'm very excited about it. It's a standing work desk with hydraulics, so I can stand during the day. And I'm building the tabletop, and I'm very excited about it. So I'm trying to make it super special. Nice. Nice. <laughs> 
Nice. I like tables. <laughs> I like a coffee table porter. <laughs> What's that? So you want to build me a coffee table? Yes, he does. We'll talk later. All right. right, So there has been hires made. There two Martys have been hired. Marty Herney, Marty Mayhew. Um, One of them is a general manager for us now, um, former assistant in the front office for San Francisco. Marty Herney has a long um, um, professional relationship with Ron Rivera down in Carolina. Just seems like it was a really, I guess, unnecessary move. And I, I know that Ian has talked at nauseum about this. We all have that. Why is this even happening when we had, you know, a guy that was in an interim place that knocked it out of the freaking park? And rather than promote him as he deserves, uh, we're bringing in two guys that have – you know, some successes on their resume and others, not as much. It just seems like a, it just seems like a Redskins move to me. And uh, I combined one fifty five and two twenty record as as GMs. That's good. Love it. We are are the best aspect of our entire team was our scouting department right now. It was, and now we just wiped it out for people who can't draft out of the fucking second round. Like Mayhew. Are we, are we overreacting? Like, are we? I, I hope we are. I hope we are. I'm, but I don't think so. I'm way more into the idea of, you know, because for a while it was thinking that it was going to be one or the other. I'm way more into the idea of bringing them both on board. I agree with that. Than yeah. just one of them. And, and having... Um, Martin Mayhew as the GM and Marty Herney as what is it, executive vice president of football and player personnel. I mean, whatever the fuck that means. But I, I, I'm you're. I already see the writing on the wall. There's going to be hashtags firing them in a few years because we're going to make them the scapegoats for you know this shit to go wrong, like we do every time. I mean, it, and it, it's funny, it's, it's actually getting commended nationally. Like, how, what a great move it is. I just, I, I hope we're wrong, but it's like, I do like the, the, it makes me feel much better that it's GM by committee as opposed to, and then Ron has the final say. Yeah. But these guys can't fucking scout. That's, that's what you want. <laughs> like, that's how, well, you, that's how you get cam curls in the seventh round. That's how you I get Jimmy Moore. turns washing Snyder's balls. So yes. You need multiple <laughs> people for that. Much like bowling balls. And that's what's really frustrating because, like, I really – we were so optimistic after losing in the wild card just because of the situation that we are in where we have a top defense, we have a shit ton of cap space, and uh, we are really a, a quarterback away from, you know, being in the thick of it. And – like we, we we finally had a decision maker that was finding talent all throughout the board, whether it was through the draft, undrafted, free agency, or actually you know signing guys for pennies on the dollar and, and converting them into starters. I mean, he did. I, I don't know what else Kyle Smith could have done. And for this to happen, if I, if I'm him, I'm like just pulling. You know, I'm giving my buddy Kyle Shanahan a call, like, hey. You up? What you got? God, those those Kyles could destroy it over there. Oh, 
It's in fear. Like, I mean, this, this I saw is, somebody saying it's like, oh, they just wanted to get rid of everybody that had ties with, with Bruce. Mm-hmm. Well, then why promote him the first year? If that's, if that's the case, okay, fine. Fucking scrap it the first year, do whatever you got to do. But to promote him in a prove me role, and then he murders it, and then you just completely wipe it out? For what? It's the it's the first first blemish in the Ron armor that I'm just I just don't like. And Martin Mayhew's gotten fired twice by the same fucking team. Yeah, two times. The same fucking team. When they went fifteen and one, he wasn't the GM. I don't know. <laughs> it's just uh, like all that mean. room Ernie. for optimism. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. It's gone. So, and then at the same time, whoever is being given the keys to this, either Marty, um, like they're going to have a lot of cap space to work with. We have our, you know, we have a bunch of draft picks as well. I mean, they they are going to be given the keys to be to be aggressive and, and very aggressive, as I understand. And a um, very important this, offseason. Yeah, because this uh, quarterback market is becoming a little bit more clear I, I feel like week by week and um you know the you know the, really the bomb was dropped yesterday or t- was it today that Deshaun Watson officially requested a trade um which I think is going to go down as probably the most significant trade in, in NFL history at least in, in our lifetime uh, I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback at the peak of his career request a trade like this he may not even be at the peak yet, honestly. He's still like yeah, he's twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, he's still peaking. Wow! And he did all that without uh, DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. uh, without Cooks. No, did they have Cooks? Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. Will Fuller has historically been hurt about half the time, so we'll say without yeah. him. I mean, he was thrown to Jags and still put up career numbers. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't play defense, so, I mean, the team was terrible. But, I mean, talk about – we're just talking about the return you could get for Bradley Bill. I mean, the return you can get for Deshaun Watson is going to be astronomical. I don't want to pay that. Yeah, it's like, the crazy went- part. Like, you're never – like, who wins those trades when you just – shell out astronomical amounts for quarterbacks like even if they're that good it, it's the it's the flip side of the coin to you know brady playing for like the league minimum or whatever the hell he was getting like 10 million a year in new england like you just you don't have the space anymore to put the pieces around him like yeah i, I don't know how they're I, I i don't know how he's going to move himself into a better situation like he's it's, just going to create the exact same situation that he's in now yeah i, I mean this is only speculative right now, but I mean, it looks like at the like the starting point to get him is going to take three first round picks. That's three. Crazy. And it's the insane. bidding war so, beginning. Now, so let's do a little bit of uh, a process of elimination here because the, the teams really in the actively in the quarterback market are New England Patriots, right? Um, the Jets, I, it looks like they, they're in an excellent position where they can, you know, run it back with Sam Darnold for another year if they want, or they can draft, you know, whether that's Fields or Wilson from BYU, something like that. Um, you know, the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals, all those teams are set. 
the Titans are set. The Colts really seem like the most logical option for someone like Matt Stafford, um, who has also looks like to be on his way out of Detroit. So we have the Patriots. We have the Colts. Uh, the, ja- the Jaguars are going to be picking um, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall, so they're out of the equation. Um, and let's see. The, the Broncos, if they – you know, they're not sold on Drew Locke, so that's three teams. I, I mean, I'm really seeing the Bears need a quarterback. That's five. The Lions need a quarterback. If Stafford's gone, six. The Saints with Bruce, uh, Drew Brees retiring, seven. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's there's at least eight teams, you know, actively looking for an upgrade at quarterback. Please. So the price to, to get these guys, I mean, well, even those, there's those are guys looking for starters. Like you know, there's probably more teams where you're theoretically upgrading. Mm-hmm. So that's that I mean, pay the price. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like even Matt Stafford's going to require require at least a first round pick. That makes sense. It'll be like a first and a second, and then that's it. Yeah. But then yeah. that's it. I mean, first, second, first, and a third next year, whatever. So, what do you? What do you guys want to do? I want Stafford. I'll give up a first, a second, or a third next year for Stafford. I think. Um... Can you wear number nine? No. No, I can't. I'm done on that business. Just retire the fucking numbers. Good God. Please. He can so we don't have to have all these debates every single year. He can wear eight. Oh my no, God. no, no. That's Kirkies. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Grant Paulson had this up. Uh, uh, I should call him Grant Paulson. Um, if you were a team without a QB, which trade for a passer would you rather make? Three firsts and a second for Watson or a first and second for Stafford? I voted. I voted too. Yeah. I voted for it too. For Stafford? Yeah. I think definitely Stafford. I mean, honestly, I don't I don't even know if I'd rather do it. I think I'd rather have like Terod Taylor or Jacoby Brissett or one of somebody else. Probably not Carson Wentz, but mm-hmm. one of the other oh, second tier options. <laughs> hey, if if you if I can get Marcus Mariota for like nothing. And then just spend the rest of our cap space on on filling holes that are needed. Then, I mean, you got a, a stud roster around a, a decent quarterback. I mean, if that's the the route you want to go, I mean, it's been done before. Um, that's not a why, crazy route. Why, Tom? I think it's a good I'd idea. Be I don't think you know. You turn on sports radio or you read online. So many people are talking about what it would take for the Washington football team to acquire either Deshaun Watson or Matt Stafford. But I don't think there's enough talking about, well, what happens if you don't trade him? Like what else could you do with this cap space? Like get a Marcus Mariota, get a a lower tier quarterback and then use that cap. This upcoming free agent class for wide receivers is going to be ridiculous too. Go spend there. Go re-sign Brandon Sheriff for a long-term deal. Make him your starting right guard for a long time. You've got a young defense. Go find a middle linebacker. Go find a safety or, or just keep, you know, I, I think it has been done before. And I said this before, like that's how the Seahawks won their Super Bowl. I mean, you can succeed in this league without an elite quarterback, but you've got to build around him. So it's more so what do you want to do? Give up your draft capital and your cap space for one player or keep that draft capital and spread around that 
lot of cap space for multiple weapons and get by with a average, slightly above average quarterback. I mean, or ideally you, you take one of these guys, these rookies falls to them at 19, you know, Justin Fields or someone, something like that falls are like, you know, if, if Justin Fields is still available at like 12 or 13, you know, here's our second, here's our third, here's our fourth, whatever, get your guy. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sold on Ohio State quarterback because, you know, Bobby, that's really the recipe is you draft a quarterback and he's on a rookie contract. That's when you win now. Yeah. And you do do the opposite of what the Texans are doing with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Or or we could just sign Dak. (laughs) Depending on how much money he wants. I'm not paying that motherfucker $40 million a year. All right, guys, I got the the galaxy brain idea. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think we he would we would have won more than seven games if he was our quarterback. Oh yeah. my god, Jameis Winston. I'm fine with that. I mean, he'll throw he thirty picks, surgery. but he'll throw thirty touchdowns. <laughs> no, he might not throw all those picks now. Now that he can see the field, it's true. It's a little disappointing. We didn't see more from him in. Uh, in New Orleans. Hey, that was year. a that was a nice bomb he threw in that trick play. Yep. And and I'm okay if that's if you want to go the conservative route. I mean, you got to remember that Ron Rivera inherited a team that won seven games in two years. Like he inherited a dumpster fire mm-hmm. of an organization, and it takes longer than one off season to to turn this thing around. So, you know, if this is a three to four year project, that's fine. But. At the same time, we have a championship caliber defense, so you want to take advantage of it. And it, it, it really sounds like by everything we've read, we've heard, it sounds like we're going to be aggressive. Right? Yes. We're and- going to try to get our guy. And and really, if, if that's the case, whether that's Stafford or Watson, whomever, they're going to have to or go. Or Logan Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have to go above and beyond to get him. And that's kind of what's going to be like my maybe final point, like, it's fun. I mean, they're aggressive, or the, what we think their aggressiveness is going to be this offseason makes this fun, right? Like, we're having these conversations instead of talking about yeah. should they franchise Kirk Cousins again, or should they just extend him, or good God, we're going to suck next year. Like, what do we do at court? I mean, this is, it's it's rather like we're talking about a window of opportunity here where, hey, we're not going to, we might not be that bad next year. How do we, you know, build a contender right now um, with this window with this young defense. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> we've just said, you know, we'd rather trade for Stafford. Um, we don't want what about all that. It, but it, if they pull the trigger and get Watson, you don't think all of us are going to be psyched out of our minds? Oh, dude. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I would be I would be pretty butthurt that we gave up at least three first rounds, but and, that would already be in the past, and I would say just make it worth it. But then when it's Watson's holding up the Lombardi next year. It's gonna be it's gonna be draft capital and a Montez Sweat or Deron Payne or John Allen like it's it's, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna have to do the see, alignment. I, I, well, unless you're just giving absurd amount. What was the the thing I sent you guys the other day? I mean, I haven't actually seen like an official aside from like NBC Sports, like Pete Haley or someone or you know Grant offering up these um, hypothetical trade offers. I haven't actually seen anyone say this person. X this X player needs to be included in a package for Deshaun. Why can't it all just be picks? Why does the player have to be included? I don't know. 
they're probably going to want someone they can start right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I saw uh, Danny said that he, he would do um, – he would trade Chase Young for Matt Stafford today. He's been saying it all week. Yeah. What was it? I missed it. He would trade Chase Young for Matt Stafford. Uh, uh, no, for Danny. No, Yo, no. That bit is, is so old. Not, I can't stand it. Not, I don't think – was it Stafford? It was definitely Sean Watson. Was it yeah. Stafford too? I don't know, and I, I would actually do the Deshaun Watson for Chase Young trade, but like, I mean, with this point being that I you know, would pass don't get you to the Super Bowl, but premier quarterbacks do. Yeah, I, well, I would, if we trade Chase Young, that means more playing time for Casey Two Hill. So, oh God, <laughs> your favorite. I hate that guy. <laughs> I would. The only person I'm trading Chase Young for is Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Yes. I, I wouldn't trade him for Deshaun Watson. And even then, you'd have to throw in a first. Because I, yeah, but because I would, I would rather go the route of all right. Then I'm throwing a jag back there. I am getting him weapons, and I am building this defense, and I'm riding Chase Young for the next yeah. ten years. I think if anything has showed us with our decision is, you know, receivers were getting open in this offense despite yep. very, very minimal talent besides Terry McLaurin. So with that, if that in mind, if there, if our scheme is designed to get these guys open, we don't need a Sean Watson level quarterback to get us to 10, 11 wins. And that's fine. Um, you know, I, I just, I feel like we're about to make a big splash. So either way, we'll get sucked in because that's what we do. But I wonder who we're going to get because it looks like Stafford's going to go to the Niners. I mean, how aggressive we get towards Watson, I, I have no idea. But who else would there? Like, how can you get that aggressive if it, outside of those two? Um, Dak? I guess unless you want to trade up to get one of those uh, the one of these quarterbacks. True. So uh, Danny did say he would trade. His trade would be any player other than Terry McLaurin plus a third rounder for Matt Stafford. So that includes Chase Young and a third for Matt Stafford. Uh, no. Absolutely not. His, that Chase Young shit is so annoying. I mean, I get what he's trying to say, but he's a generational talent. I think there's a difference. And you just drafted a number two of why... Why draft number two overall if you're just going to trade him? Yep. Should have yep. just traded the pick. We should have just traded it back. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's, it, it, that, I think that's him being, I mean, that's what he would do, but they would never do that. Yeah. Ron's not going to trade him. No, no, not in a million years. I would, I don't know, I'd trade, not for Stafford, but I would trade Chase Young for Deshaun Watson. I, I think I would too. I'm a little, I would think about it. I'm a little uh, in my own head that I think. <laughs> I mean, certainly we do, but just as in general talent evaluators, I think might overestimate Chase Young's value. I think just because he's young and I think he did a great job putting himself on camera a handful of times during that playoff game, <laughs> like after Heineke's touchdown. I don't know why Chase Young was in the end zone trying to get himself I a flag, it. but it's like, I, I think that we may just because he's marketable overestimate him to some degree. I mean, that's not to say he's not a great player, but. I think that uh, I think he came in and had the most impact I've seen a rookie have. Oh, I agree, but I mean, 
by the same token, he's playing with a bunch of studs, right? It's not like he's going out there and getting triple teamed every play because he's got someone else coming, you know, pin their ears back off the opposite side and two great. He's getting double teamed every play. He was getting double teamed a fair amount. And again, I don't want to take away and say that he's bad or anything. I just think that maybe we overestimate him a little bit because he, you know, is young and was the face of kind of a bad team. Like our, we didn't really have a quarterback that they could put in promos all the time. So I was like, all right, here you go. Chase Young, your best bet. Cookie, let me grovel. All right. So I want to end on, um, on baseball. We actually, Bobby, how are we doing on time? Uh, quick chick. Hour 20. All right. So Porter, you can unmute yourself. Cause I would love your opinion on all of this. Oh yeah. So, um, the baseball had their Hall of Fame announcements for this week, and it was announced that nobody made the Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, the three main guys that were of topic were Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. Now, Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens took performance-enhancing drugs. They took steroids during their career, which obviously uh, – they benefited from largely, even though they had a Hall of Fame resume prior to that. Um, Kurt Schilling did not get in the Hall of Fame, most likely for another reason, because he was not a part of the steroid era, nor was he ever been in any kind of trouble um, regarding PEDs and things like that. He didn't get in the Hall of Fame because he's an alt-right asshole. Um, so I guess my, my general question for you guys, like, because baseball has a dirty history. I mean, they obviously we are aware of the, the, the segregation that they were doing in the, um, you know, decades and decades ago. And, you know, there's been a history of baseball cheating in, in a variety of ways, whether it's the Astros banging on trash cans and gambling and, and, and finding other little loopholes to, to gain the advantage. But where do you guys stand in regards to someone like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens? Should they be Hall of Famers? That's tough because they cheated. Yeah. And I, I have like a flip flopping opinion when it comes to steroids, um, especially in professional sports. Like there's one side of the argument where, you know, level playing field, let the talent speak for itself. The ability speak for itself. And then you have instances like the Astros and you have people that, you know, have these massive contracts that are expected to play, you know, with blown out fucking shoulders and playing against kids that are that are coming up from the international leagues that have just been playing all their lives. And like, I get the, the reasoning of why someone would turn to steroids to continue playing into later years when they probably should retire or, or don't want to go to the minors and keep their family. Like, I completely understand that. I get it why you would turn to that. Like, I'm not going to fault you for doing that at all. That's your choice. You're going to put that in your body, whatever. It's not hurting anybody, but you, um, and the vast majority of times, depending on what you're taking, uh, is really, you know, it's like taking, you know, don't take a bottle of aspirin, but if you take two, you're fine. Um, but as far as going into hall of fame, I guess it would be a matter of is the hall of fame as clean as we want it or idealize it to be. It is no, the Hall of Fame full of people that true. haven't also done that. If that's the case, then no, he should yeah. be in there. Like, why do you, if you have known people that have been found out to be afterwards that have positive, you know, test results and cheated multiple times, like whatever, 
then no, your, your hall of fame now just lost all of its credibility and value. And I think sports have recently felt that way for me where it's no longer a pedestal. It's, I think a hall of fame is a, is a, is a great thing to have. It's people who, you know, may not necessarily have been the goal to work towards that, but it's a, you know, lifetime achievement award within your sport or practice. And if other people are in that group that have done the same things, then what the fuck's the point of even being in the hall of fame to begin with? Like, yeah. what does that even do? Like, why, who, who gives a shit at that point? I would say it's a farce and it's ridiculous and give it no amount of attention and remove its power away. That'd be my two cents. Yeah. I, I mean, we can't, we shouldn't act like baseball all of a sudden now has a moral code because, you know, throughout its history, they, they, they haven't. And clearly how baseball has handled the Astros scandal yeah, is even, fuck that. even, you know, embarrassing proving that it's embarrassing. It really is. And, you know, as far as steroids are concerned, Porter, I agree with you. You know, if someone wants to sacrifice their integrity and their legacy to make as much money to become generationally wealthy, to make sure your grandkids, you know, don't have to live a day in any kind of uncomfort, like, okay. It's desperation, yeah. man. It's more, it's, I think it's more than that. It's desperation. You finally yeah. get to the show and you finally get to the top and you realize how talented everybody else is. And at a moment's notice, you know, you're not these, one of these big name kids with these, um, you know, contracts, you need to stay relevant and stay producing for the team. And if you're slipping in that and, you know, you got kids and you got a mortgage and everything else, it's not like, you know, a lot of these guys, even if, especially in sports, you have a college education, but how much is that college education really worth? What did they actually go to school for? What were they really planning on doing? Which was, you know, they put all their eggs into one basket, which again is excusing away the, the, you know, problem. But all I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is like, I could get why someone would do that in that environment, especially in a culture in which that's basically like, don't do it. Here you go. Like, don't get caught basically is the culture that it's been for years. So. Yeah. Guys, what do you think, Bobby? I mean, I know you, you're in baseball every day and you know, this was a, this was a sad day for the sport. I thought this week with the result that we got. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of touched, we touched on it a little bit today. I'm um, on my mass and podcast, but I, I think I'll, I'll start by saying I'm just over it. I'm just, I don't care anymore. I the the Hall of Fame in baseball is just I I don't care I'm tired of it I I don't want to give it any more attention or thought and it's their its own fault for letting it come to this I think they are losing fans and and mm-hmm. and the general public's interest in in this and I think you know it, that could change in a couple of years when Bonds Clemens and Schilling are off the off the ballot and then they go to that that's the other thing too it's like okay they're not being elected now but then they go to this old man committee afterwards who can possibly let them in so it's like what 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 are we doing this for why are we doing this um so i i'll just say but i'm just over it at this point like the hall of fame for baseball is at this point so stupid i'm so tired of talking about it um it's supposed to be fun you know talking about the the football hall of fame basketball hall of fame you know that's when we can actually have conversations about you know guys statistics and contributions to the game as opposed to, well, they cheated. Well, they were an asshole, whatever. Um, but I will echo everything that Porter said too. I, I think, you know, it's this, you know, the people who vote hold it to such a high, excuse me, high standard 
but there were already people in the Hall of Fame who, by today's standards, don't meet those standards. You know, there are already there are proven racists in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There are guys in the Hall of Fame who actively were against desegregation yep. in baseball. They did not want yep. Jackie Robinson playing baseball. They are, you know, alcoholics and other drug users. You know, Willie Mays used drugs during his, you know, he's not perfect. No one is. So wh- why are we doing this dance? And you know, my, mm-hmm. my other thing, too, is like in terms of the steroid era, yeah, I mean, it's cheating, but everyone was doing it. So okay, yeah. What's and, the point? Who that, cares? Yeah. Bud Selig's a Hall of Famer, and he was the commissioner that oversaw over, overseeing all of that. And he just let it happen. And also, yeah. Barry Bonds was never suspended for PED use. Never, never once. Now he lied about it, and I think he still lies about. It. I don't think he has ever admitted it or anything. But you know, mm-hmm. we have it's proven that you know we pretty we're pretty confident in knowing that he he cheated. Yeah. But he was never suspended for it, so it's like he, he played the game. He, he put up numbers that are never going to be touched ever again. If if, if the base at a higher level than anyone. If the he, and you know, in like Tom said, he probably didn't have to. He probably will still would have been one of, if not the best hitter of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, if the Hall of Fame is a museum. For baseball and honor, it's great. He has to be a part of that conversation. Yep. He has to be in there. And I heard a caller today, I think it was with Pete Medhurst saying, you know, it actually might have been Pete's own idea, but like, look, you don't have to induct them, but they have to be in there. Make it a separate wing or something. They are part of this game's history, a major part of it at the at that. Now, they have to be in there somehow. You know, maybe yep. they don't get the gold jacket or, or whatever it is, but, you know, if if the Hall of Fame is a museum to baseball... They have to be in there, and so. But that being said, I'm still just so over. It's a year, yearly conversation. Um, it's no longer fun. Baseball Hall of Fame ruined itself. They ruined it for the fans. That's their own fault. Um, it, they're archaic. Yeah, yeah it's it's a bunch of old. I mean, and it's a shame because I know people who vote for the Hall of Fame, and I really like and respect them. Um, and I'm not talking about them, but for the most part, it's a bunch of old white guys voting on the Hall of Fame. It's a bunch of old self-important people. Like Yeah, and they think they're all almighty and they ooh, we get to say because they, they probably never picked up a baseball bat in their life. It's the worst part. And it's I just literally you you I Bobby I'm with you. I'm I'm tired of talking about it. Uh you know, I think just everybody needs to be judged by who they played against. Like, you know, it was a performance enhancing drugs only playing against white people. Like, yeah. Obviously, all those people were great back then because Jackie Robinson and Cool Papa Bell and Satchel Page weren't playing. It was really easy to be good back then. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of how self-important all these baseball writers get. Remember, uh, who was it? Lebetard lost his vote because he sold it to somebody to prove a point a couple of years back. It's like, yeah. yeah, like no one, ca- like you're, you're all making a big deal out of something that's just it's you're making it about yourselves. And I just had a brilliant idea because I personally like uh rob manfred even though he's done a terrible job moved moved to save his career take away the the name baseball hall of fame from the baseball writers association they can have cooperstown they can have the baseball uh, writers of association of america hall of people we thought were really important or nice to us (laughs) and we're going to start an actual baseball hall of fame where we you know induct everybody and it can be some of the same people we'll probably have to trim some of the people out of you know people who are, were, or players who were worth it 
who, you know, contributed. Uh, if we want to put certain, you know, uh, moral <laughs> restrictions on, you know, you couldn't do this. I'm, I'm up for those arguments. Personally, I don't care. I'm a big Charles Barkley. I'm not a role model. I, I want to see the best guys who played in their era recognized for that. And it's just not being done right now. And, and honestly, like, it's the toughest part of all this is I hate Barry Bonds. I hate Roger Clemens. Those dudes were assholes. I'm kind of happy they're not in. But at the same token, like, their performance deserves to be recognized. There were enough people, maybe not everybody was doing it, but there was enough people using steroids at the same time that what they did stands out enough in comparison to their peers mm -hmm. at, at the same way that all the people back from the, you know, the, the pre 1900s that, you know, the, the Abner, Abner Doubleday era, old Hoss Radburn throwing like 300 games a year. Like, yeah, he was, he was that good comparatively to his peers, yeah. even though they sucked. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like you're, you're and, only as good as the people you play against. And in addition to that, especially, and not to get political, but, I am no way condoning anything that Kurt Schilling has said outside of outside of his career. But you actually really being, hate the state of Rhode Island, so you're you were kind of for him bankrupting. <laughs> I mean, out, outside of the the shit he says on Twitter, has nothing to do with the career he had as a baseball player. He's an and, asshole. Yeah, he he is an asshole, and he he didn't get along with the media, and you know they're making him pay for it, and again. I know the things that he has said is divisive and, and illogical and, you know, downright stupid. At the same time, he was still a Hall of Fame pitcher. And I, I just don't think you should be like, we're, if we're just judging based on the stats and the accomplishments they made on the field, I mean, I, I don't understand why he. Like, I guess that's clearly what they're not doing, though, with the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And I think is uh, is the Hall of Fame is it directly affiliated or a part of MLB or is it its own separate entity of MLB? That's a Bobby question. That yeah, uh, uh, it is a Bobby question. I should know this. And I actually think I don't think MLB. Well, in terms of in it. terms of who gets in, it's literally the Baseball Writers Association of America. So that who is the governing body of admits at least. Okay, they're probably uh, associated with the MLB just because it's all. They've, they've gotten their buy-in with them at this point. Yeah. Maybe, you know, an attempt this year looking at, you know, trying to save some image of baseball or some, you know, glorified idealism of baseball from the, you know, back in the day, quote unquote, um, to kind of distance away from all the Astros controversy um, and cheating and all that, trying to put a face of, Oh, you know, we're, you know, more holier than now, but I, I, I I have a very, you know, non-existent opinion about this because it doesn't really, you know, affect me either way. But I think the, I think, I think them in general is, is silly. I think the football one's silly too. I think your stats are your stats amongst your own peers. You don't need, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't need them to have a specific area in which that needs to be stated. Like, I mean, you see those stats that come across every time your peers know that the league knows that football, baseball, all of it. Um, every time that they're playing, they're coming up with a million stats as to what they're either compared to or breaking. Um, I get why the players would love that, but you know, I think it goes to what Bill was saying. It's like, they're you're not role models. And see, I, I think, sorry, I don't, I'm, going back a couple questions or whatever, but to answer Porter's original question, I, I, I don't, because it honors all of baseball, and yeah. baseball is not 
just MLB. You know, there's gotcha. minor leagues. I think they even okay. Oh, I think they even um, have honored some international players who like played overseas. So I, I think it's its own entity that honored. But like, obviously, a majority people go through Major League Baseball. Yeah. yeah, and Bobby, I thought you said I think it was Jeff Passan that said this that the Hall of Fame is a museum, and the museum covers history. I mean, the, and important moments of it. You know, whether it's good or bad. Um, yeah. and here you go, Porter. The first line on its Wikipedia page is the national baseball hall of fame and museum, which is not the Na- major league baseball hall of fame or museum, uh, is a history museum and hall of fame in Cooperstown, New York operated by private interests. All right. There you go. So perfect. My it idea serves works. as a central okay. point of the history. <laughs> okay. So maybe not international players, but it serves as the central point of the history of baseball in the United States and, and displays Baseball-related artifacts and ex- exhibits honoring those who have excelled in playing, managing, and serving the sport. Yeah, Barry Bonds so, is part of that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same because, like, I don't know if you guys have been to Cooperstown. It's really cool. Like, going to the museum, been, I want to go. there's a lot of awesome stuff in there. But just like the the whole gatekeeper mentality that writers have now, and it's all like you said, old, boring white guys. And it also, to Bobby's point, is it's kind of ruining the the adaptation of Major League Baseball to younger audiences. Like, I mean, yep. there's the whole internet you know media rights part of that but it, it, it's not uh and i think that bleeds over like you see that in the play too like the whole let them play campaign or whatever it was in the last couple of years with the younger guys like there's that whole unwritten rules thing that stems out of these same like baseball writers guys and it just it's it's too much influence for people who a lot of like you said didn't play and want to feel self-important and this is like their one week a year where they get to come out and be self-important and, and, and this the is attention themselves this is such a microcosm of what's wrong with baseball is that they are adhering to a demographic that is not going to be here. And um, they, they are so archaic in their thinking like that. You know, if you even bring up, there should be robo umps. And, and, you know, Porter loves that part. <laughs> okay, we started. <laughs> like, it, why shouldn't there be robo ops? Because you go to a game to watch the umpire. I hate that argument. I, 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 I wait for the day that I find a, a real human being in person that presents me with that argument because I'm going to destroy their fucking life and just tell them how stupid they are for thinking that. Like, you small-brained idiot there for the fucking ump. Yeah, that's why they don't. Oh, God damn it. I feel like just baseball, it's like, remember when you were a kid and you asked your parents for something and they say no, you ask why and they say because I said so. I just feel like that's baseball. 100%. Yeah, like this, I agree with that 100%. Like this, like, this is how we do things, and yep. tough shit. And get you know, fucked, okay, kids. If that's, if that's fine, but you're going to lose young people in droves. So, yeah. No. I, 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 I think, you know, if they're going to be gatekeepers for the Hall of Fame, it should be people who are already in the Hall of Fame. Get the fucking writers who never picked up a bat in their life out of the out of the equation, if you become a Hall of Fame, then you become a voting member. You know, then you're allowed to have a say in who else gets in. I would if if it's the players who are, or people who are still alive, obviously, who are now arguing over whether or not they should get in. I'm way more okay with that than a bunch of guys who sit in a press box and watch them play and don't actually go through the grind of playing 162 games a year. Wait, better idea to make everybody angry. <laughs> no more baseball writers aside. Robots decide who gets in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Only Siri decides who gets in the Hall of Fame. Porter's nice. all in. Yes. Yes. Do it. Yeah. yeah it's, 
been a bad week for it. Um, all right, so we are at what an hour and a half or so, Bob? Hour forty. Uh, coming up on an hour forty exactly. All right, Porter, you got some for us, bud? Um, I'm trying to like. Uh, other no, than... Bill and I have both finished season nine of Letter Kenny. FYI. Oh, you have nice, yeah. nice. I had what was it? What was this stupid fucking movie? Why is this? God damn it! I pulled Netflix up because I can't remember anything anymore. Outside, oh, Bridgerton. Uh, great show. Um, loved it. Very funny. Had great moments. Uh, word to the wise. They like. Uh, I saw a meme where they were making fun of like the writers. So it's the same creator of um, uh, Grey's Anatomy. But they basically saved up all the like the whole time. It says rated M, sexual violence, sexual situations, blah blah blah. Hey. I'm like, okay, um, I haven't experienced this in you know however many episodes. And then at, at like literally midway through the season, like ten minutes, gratuitous, just looking. <laughs> Just kept going. It's like they put it all into just one, and it was just epic. Uh, fuck sesh. That was shot hilarious. That yeah. <laughs> um. What, so that's great. It's Bridgerton? called Bridgerton. Um. It's a show about uh, British society in an alternate universe uh, without racism. Um. It's it's actually really well done, and uh, the. Well, not a, without racism, excuse me. It's under a different timeline of if it was different, whatever. Nope, you um, just cared racism. You can't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, uh, uh, it's like the courting season of like the summer of when girls, which honestly look like they're fucking 14, become to marrying age within the Lord's houses and they all like try to date each other and shit. But it's, it's funny. Um, and, but the worst movie, uh, Outside the Wire, with yeah, what's his name? Good. Anthony um, Mackie. Yeah, that was that was rough. I rolled my eyes a lot, and I I knew going into it it was going to do that, but I wanted to anyways, and it was yeah, um, it was bad. It's about a bunch of bullshit AI fucking cyborgs trying to save humanity from itself. The U.S. is evil. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, the guy says he went to Paris Island, but he's in the Air Force. Eat a dick. Like they didn't have out the window. Like how how hard is it to hire a fucking military liaison to tell you the difference of these things? It's these idiots fucking you know. Google I can just imagine. Yeah, Google Google's a thing. It's just a director in the chair is like, yeah, no, this is great. This is how they talk. I've seen them. I've seen them in shows. Like I just imagine some idiot fucking talking to them of. Yeah, this, this is how military people talk. This is this is what they do. This is what they say. They joke about each other. You know. They look at each other's girls on uh, photos, and they like make them like, "Oh, she's a hot girl, man!" Like, can't wait. Well, wonder who she's fucking back home. It's like, what part of the storyline did that have anything to do with what was going? It was like it was so weird, it was so fucking weird, bad, just poor, shitty acting for, uh, you know, like You're showing a side of like futuristic military that just doesn't. It's just fucking dumb, just really fucking dumb. Just bad stereotypes of the military. That's all this movie was. Just horrible stereotypes that don't blend into each other and plot lines that don't make sense. Porter's biggest fear. <laughs> Porter, you really want to just be deployed with a drone operator thrown right next to you, right? Right? How, <laughs> what sense does that make? Hey, hey, you messed up. So to teach you a lesson, 
We're going to send you the front lines with the grunts, and you're going to start going on active patrols the moment you get there. What the fuck are you talking about? <sighs> we should we should like we should create like a YouTube channel of Porter reacts to shitty military movies. Uh, a bunch of military YouTube channels do that, and they're hilarious. <laughs> People who are much funnier than me uh, doing that, and it's great to watch. But yeah, this will this will one hundred percent be if there are, isn't already a video on it, it's coming soon because it's it's cringeworthy of just how fucking stupid this shit is. Porter, have you ever seen the meme of like the three people in a row like drawing on each other's backs to try and get the first person to draw the same thing as the the person in the back? They don't see what they're drawing. They're just based on what they feel on their back. That's what basically you're describing as the director. Like, oh, yeah, I saw this in a movie one time at the military. And (laughs) that that director saw that movie beforehand. And it's just getting filtered down through so much layers of bullshit. Who's who's that? Who's that uh, director that did Friday Night Lights and uh, him? That's this. This reminds me of someone who this director reminds me of someone who just watched his movies. And convinced a bunch of idiots to give him money to make his first movie just watching those movies. That's what this movie reminds me of. Just I mean, overdrawn out stereotypes. And Netflix is trying to put out like a movie every week this year. So yeah. there's going to be some clunkers. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was one of them. Yeah. I'm excited for that uh, Denzel and um, um, Jared Leto movie to come out. I think it's tomorrow on HBO. Yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Hmm. Uh, Wanda Little looks creepy as hell. WandaVision tomorrow. Yep. Need to catch up. I've only seen three. I'm waiting to binge. You're, you're yeah, caught I up. I haven't watched any of it. You, Am you, I caught up? There's, yeah, there's only Yeah, you're caught up. There's only been skip three. a week? No, tomorrow, tomorrow's four. They opened oh, okay. with two, two weeks ago, and then last week was three. And then, Got it. Yeah. I mean, feel free to spoil as much as you want. I, I canceled Disney Plus as soon as The Mandalorian ended because I'm like, I'm not <laughs> paying you guys for a free year before dude you guys, what did you guys see all the all the mandalorian yeah hell yeah, yeah. okay i watched I'm soul not, i'm not gonna Soul's pay awesome. for a year till did you did you uh, watch the end credits set. yeah okay that's, that's what i'm saying I was like, I'm, not, oh, yeah. I'm not paying you guys till next december for the first episode and then it I have to pay you again yeah <laughs> i love disney plus <laughs> i yeah, we watched all the we watched yeah, every star wars watch all the star wars how can you do it without disney plus DVDs. That's crazy. I think the only reason I'm keeping it now is to just eventually get through the um, Clone Wars and finally finish it. That's what I'm going to do. I, I, I started like, that and yeah. just lost track. Yeah, it happens a second time. It happened. I didn't. I didn't finish the first season, or I didn't finish the second season the first time, and then I started the first season to catch up again, and then I didn't finish that either. I was just like, I don't know. What ifs? It's like what all if? the good stuff is in like the last seasons. I gotta go. Th- I gotta muscle through four seasons of PGY seven before I get to any good can of Star Wars shit. I just I don't know. PGY seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I told you this. Um, like you can go online and people like like Reddit people have like figured out like. You know, these are the yeah. main episodes you need to watch that actually add to the storyline in the greater universe. Yeah. But, yeah. 
All right. Is that going to do it? Yep. We did good time. Yeah. 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 Under an hour 50, and Porter was only here for the last like hour, so not too shabby. I have, I have a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. He was a little, yeah. Computer rear. What were you doing? A little sleepy boy. Uh, I was working with some wood. Where, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> working with some wood while you're, on the, while you're online? Yeah. I was in a very Weird. deep sleep, I told you. Oh yeah, those ballsy kids with the wrenches. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's uh, Put Me in Coach podcast. Again, you can catch us on all podcasting platforms, and be sure to give us a follow on social media at PMIC Podcast. Bottom, uh, sorry, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at Tom underscore Natalia for Thomas Cookie does not have one, but you can follow him at Deep Cookie Value um, at Ian underscore Foster twenty one for Ian and at uh, Bridgerton Stan. For Porter, um, <laughs> I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Okay. Give me a follow. Um, we'll be podcasting hopefully throughout the off season. Maybe a couple of Jeopardies coming up, which are always fun. Uh, maybe a couple more videos too. To throw on the old YouTube channel. We were so hot uh, to start uh, the YouTube channel over the pandemic, and now we've kind of cooled off. So maybe more in store coming up. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. We'll catch you next time. Bye. My watch is ended. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast.